Revelation. If you have your Bible with you this morning, we're going to be in Revelation chapter 12. If you don't have one with you, there should be one right in front of you in the pew. You can follow along. I encourage you to follow along. I'm going to stay basically in the same set of scriptures this morning. Uh, don't take my word for it. Uh, I might be trying to pull a fast one on you. So I encourage you to take your Bible, open it up, and read along with me. And uh, the Bible promises you, the book of Revelation promises you, that you will get a blessing by hearing or reading the book of Revelation. I've had people tell me, well, I'm afraid to read the book of Revelation. I don't understand it. Well, I don't understand a lot of it. But the point is, is that the Bible promises you a blessing. This is the only book out of the Bible that promises a blessing if you'll read it or hear, or hear it being read. So I don't know what's happening in your life. I don't know what's going to happen to the rest of this service, but I know you're going to get a blessing just simply by hearing the Word of God read to you out of the book of Revelation. So we're going to be in Revelation chapter 12. Hey, let's skip up ahead to verse 12. Revelation chapter 12, verse 12. John writes here, Therefore rejoice, rejoice, you heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. I want to preach a sermon this morning on the devil is coming. The devil, the devil is coming. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you for your grace and mercy, Lord God. And Father, I just pray a blessing on this service, Father. Lord, I pray you'd fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that it would be your words and not mine, Father, that you would accomplish what you want to accomplish out of your word, Lord God. You did promise, Father, that your word would go forth and not come back to you void, Lord God. Father, help us to understand these prophecies you've given us of the future, Lord God, of what we have to look forward to, what the world has to look forward to, Lord God. And Father, I just pray, Lord God, that uh, as we go through the end of this service, Lord God, as, as uh, we give the invitation, Lord, if there's somebody that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father, maybe they can't think of a time that they've took Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Father, we pray, Lord, as we give the invitation, they'll come on down and get saved, Lord God. We thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for salvation in Jesus Christ, Lord. And I want to thank you for your word that we can read and we're not left out here in the cold, Lord God. We can see what's happening right before our very eyes. In Jesus Christ, holy name I pray, amen. Revelation 12, it says there that the devil's cast out. He's coming down to the earth, and it's a woe. He's, got, he's full of wrath, and he knows that his time is short. Now, as this world, I turn on the TV every day, or I turn on, look on the phone, look at the news. You can tell through the world that this time is coming. We're getting close to that time. And uh, Lord willing, maybe next Sunday I'll preach Revelation 13, talk about the Antichrist, talk more about the Antichrist. But I want to go back up to Revelation 12, verse 1. Let's see why, let's see why the devil was cast out. Why was he cast out of heaven? Why is he down? Why is the devil full of wrath? Why is the devil saying, hey, I've got but a short time. I need to kill some people. I need, I'm angry about it. Why is this happening? Well, let's go back up to chapter 12, verse 1, and let's go back and let's read it together and find out why the devil has come down. Why is the devil angry? What's going on here? Now, to give you an understanding of what's going on here in the book of Revelation, just as the Gospels, you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the four Gospels. They give an account. There's four different accounts of the first coming of Jesus Christ, also known as his first advent. So the Gospels give an account, four different accounts of Jesus Christ's first coming. When you read the book of Revelation, right after Revelation 3, when Jesus Christ 
is addressing the churches. Right after that, in Revelation chapter 4, all the way through to Revelation chapter 20, you've got four different accounts given of the second coming of Jesus Christ. So you can break that down into four different accounts, just like those four Gospels, those four different accounts in the book of Revelation of the second coming of Jesus Christ. You have the seven uh, seals. That's the first account. So you have seven seals opened up. That's the first account of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And then the Bible transitions and goes into the seven trumpets. And it gives you seven trumpets. And that's another retelling of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And what happens is you can read these books, uh, these chapters out of the book of Revelation, and they start co- and they start kind of coming together, and you'll get some information out of this account of the, of the seals. You'll get some more information out of the trumpets. And then it goes into the seven personages. And that starts here in Revelation chapter 12. You go into the seven personages. The seven personages, that's the third account. And then it goes right back into the seven vials. The vials of the wrath of God poured out on mankind. That's the fourth account, and that closes out in Revelation 19 going into Revelation 20. So there's four different accounts of the book of the second coming of Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation. And so there's these seven personages. I'll give them to you real quick just in case you want to write them down. You might be interested. Uh, The seven personages. There's a sun-clothed woman. There's a dragon. There's a man-child. There's an archangel. That's Michael. There's a Jewish remnant, there's a beast out of the sea, that's the Antichrist, and there's a beast out of the earth, that's the false prophet. There's a seven different personages, five of those seven we're going to look at this morning. We're going to look at the sun-clothed woman, the dragon, the man-child, the Michael, the archangel, and the Jewish remnant. We're going to look at those five out of the seven, that's, the, that's what we're going to look at this morning. And we're going to study that this morning. So... You, you, when you go through those other two uh, uh, retellings, then you get to the third retelling, and that's chapter 12, verse 1. So let's read this together and see why the, why the devil's mad, why he's cast down. What's been going on here? Look at verse 1. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. Now, if you want to get an interpretation of the Bible, you've got to go to the Bible to get the interpretation. Now, it sounds like common sense, but some uh, denominations don't do that. And they'll come in here and they'll say, that woman is Mary. Well, that woman's not Mary. That woman, defined by the Bible, is Israel. And it's easy to confuse this woman with Mary because you're going to see she's going to have a man-child. And it's easy to say, well, that's Mary. No, what it's, it, it's, Mary was the instrument, but actually this woman is Israel. And it makes it, it's more obvious as you go along through the chapter. But let me show you how you interpret that. Do you remember Joseph had that dream? Remember Joseph was a dreamer and he had the dream and he told his dad, he said, hey dad, I dreamed that you and, and all my brothers, y'all are going to bow down to me. And remember his brothers got mad about that and they tried to kill him. They sold him off into slavery eventually. Well, in that dream in Genesis, in Genesis chapter 37, he dreams that his dad is the sun. He dreams that his mom is the moon. And then there's 12 stars. So using the Bible to interpret that, that sun there, she says he's clo- that woman is clothed with the sun. That would be Jacob. And the moon is under her feet. That would represent Rachel. And upon her head a crown of 12 stars. That would be the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 sons of Jacob. That's the 12 tribes. That's the 12 stars. Now, you see some Catholic 
uh, imagery, Catholic imagery likes to take to say that's Mary and they'll put 12 stars above her and they'll have her and they have her foot on top of the serpent's head crushing the devil and doing all that. That's, that's not, that's anti-biblical. That's not the Mary out of the Bible. She's, Mary is not the queen of heaven. That's biblical. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm just trying to give you the truth out of the word of God. Do you want the truth or do you want to go keep following man's religion? I want the truth, and the Word of God defines itself that that, and it's going to be more obvious as we read along. So that's what the first, he sees this vision of this woman. Verse 2, and she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. That's Leviathan, that's the devil, that's Satan. And we're going to continue reading about him. And the Satan is always represented by a red dragon. If you ever, I was into the occult before I got saved, really deep into the occult, before I got saved and knew Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And in the occult, dragon imagery was everywhere. There was dragon rings, dragon pendants, dragon pictures. They talk about dragons. It's dragons, dragons, and the wisdom of dragons. That's the devil right there. That's the devil, the red dragon. And it says he has seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads like a Leviathan. And we'll study more about that, Lord willing, maybe next Sunday. And the reason why I say Lord willing next Sunday, because I want to Lord willing preach Revelation 13, but I sure hope Jesus Christ comes back before that time. <laughs> we'll let him preach it up in heaven, amen. i just let the Lord take over from there. Verse 4, And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven. Now, Using the Bible to define itself in Revelation chapter 1, stars are angels. Stars are angels. So, you've got, his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven. So, you've got the devil, you've got the dragon represented by the red dragon. He brings one-third of the angels follow Satan when he rebels. When Lucifer rebels Satan, he brings one-third of the angels. Those are fallen angels. Now, some of them came down in Genesis 6, and we've talked about that, but they're still there. They're still running around. And did cast them to the earth, verse 4, and did cast them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. What was, what was this child like? Verse 5, and she brought forth a man-child who was, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. That's Jesus Christ. There's only one person in Scripture that's going to rule the world with a rod of iron. That's Jesus Christ. So what you have going on here is this is a, this is a prophecy about Israel having this child, having the man-child, this child that's a man, because Jesus Christ is the Son of Man, but He's the Son of God. But as a man, He has a right to rule mankind and to rule over mankind as King of kings and Lord of lords. Now, He's going to... He's going to be brought forth from Israel, and when she, he, she brings him forth, he gets caught up into God and to his throne. Where's Jesus Christ today? He's at the right hand of God at his throne. But he's coming back. But right now, he's at the right... What's he doing right now? He's a high priest for me and you. He's making intercession for me and you. You know, when you mess up, he's up there making atonement for me and you. He paid for that, that sin of yours on the cross, but right now he's up at the right hand of God. making inter He's our high priest. He's our advocate. And you're about to see why we need an advocate up in heaven, why we need a lawyer up in heaven. Verse 6, 
Verse 6. And the woman, that's Israel, fled into the wilderness. So Israel's going to flee into the wilderness. And we'll read more about that at the end of chapter 12. The woman, Israel, fled into the wilderness where she had the place prepared of God that she should feed that that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. So that prophecy is there is that the devil's going to get after her, Israel. She's going to run off in the wilderness, and God's going to feed her there in the wilderness miraculously. So what you have, this is a type of what Jesus Christ was doing with the 5,000. Remember he was feeding the 5,000 out in the wilderness? They followed him out in the wilderness, and he's preaching, and, and they, he says, well, they need, it, 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 we need to feed these guys. And Peter says, Lord, we're way out here. We can't feed them. We have no food out here. All we have is this, this little bit of fish, a little bit of loaves. And Jesus Christ miraculously feeds them. Remember what Jesus Christ was tempted by the devil to do? The first temptation the devil brings into Jesus Christ, he says, hey, turn these, these stones into bread. That's what's going to happen. And Jesus Christ was tempted by the devil to do it right there. That's the right thing for Jesus Christ to do, to turn those, those stones to bread, but it's the wrong time. You getting that? Yeah, he need, he, yeah Jesus Christ can do that. Yeah, he's going to do that, but that's not the right time to do that. But that's what's going to happen here. And then at the end of verse 6, it says 1,203 score days. 1,260. That three score to understand what score is, a score is 20. So when you see three score, you just take 20 times three. So like Abraham Lincoln stands up at the Gettysburg Address, and Abraham Lincoln says four score and eight years ago, whatever it was, four score, four times 20, 80. So he's saying 80-something years ago. So right here, they're saying here 1,203 score, that would be 60 days. In a Jewish calendar, there's not 365, there's 360 days in a Jewish calendar. What a Jewish calendar does, it follows a lunar, it's following the moon, it's not following a solar. We follow a solar calendar. They followed a lunar calendar, made it, they made, that made them have 360 days. So you take 1,260 days, 1,260 days, you divide that by 360, that leads up to three and a half years. 3.5, three and a half years. She's going to be hit out for three and a half years. That number three and a half, three and a half, 42 months, 1,260 days, those three numbers right there, they're all through the book of Revelation. Three and a half, three and a half, three and a half, 42 months, 42 months, 42 months is three and a half years. 1,260 days is three and a half years. All that's through here. So she's going to be hit out, being chased by Satan, for three and a half years, and she's going to be hit out. And we're going to find out where she's hit out at the end of this chapter. Verse 7, here's, where we, here's what's going to answer the question I asked at the beginning. Why is Satan mad? Why has he come down? What's going on here? And there was a war in heaven. Star Wars. You think that these movies we're seeing, you think they're preparing you for something? They're preparing you for something, all right. A lot more than you realize. They're programming you. These movies that you see that, that, uh, that the, the world's putting out, they're programming you. What's our adversary, the devil, a type of in 1 Peter chapter 5? Is he not a type of a roaring lion? Right? Have you ever watched MGM movies? You, what's the first thing an MGM movie shows you? A roaring lion. 
And then the movie starts and you have sex, murder. You think the, you think the, the Lord Jesus Christ is behind those movies or the devil? The devil! They're programming you. They're getting you ready for Star Wars. They're getting you ready. There's war in heaven. There's war in heaven. War breaks out in heaven. Michael, there's that archangel, and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels. So Michael, the archangel, he has his angels, God's angels. The devil's up there. He has his angels. War breaks out in heaven. And prevail not. The devil and his angels prevail not, verse 8. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And I'm going to stop there. Now this is something that's going to take place in the future. And what that tells you, brothers and sisters, is that devil, the devil has access to heaven right now. And you're about to find out what he's doing up there. And you're not going to like it. <laughs> it's not something you're going to be real happy to find out. What he's, what's he doing up there, Brother Keegan? Well, you're about to find out what he's doing. Now this is future. But he has access right now. Have you not read in Job... Where God calls all the angels, and then Satan comes in among them, and God says, Satan, what have you been doing? And Satan says, I've been walking to and fro on the earth. And what did God do then? Well, have you considered my servant Job? And then, then that contest takes place. But the Bible talks about how God, there comes a day where God calls Satan up there, and Satan has to answer for what he's doing. And Satan says, well, I've been running to and fro. Hey, they're all under God. God's in complete control of this. He's running things, and he has, they, have to, everybody, they have to answer to God. But he has access to heaven right now. Look at verse 9. Here we go. This is when it starts getting crazy. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. Let me stop there. The Bible tells us that Satan is deceiving the whole world. So you need to ask yourself this morning, am I being deceived? Am I being deceived? Am I being deceived by what I'm seeing in the media, by what I'm seeing on TV, by what I'm reading in the newspaper, what I'm hearing on the music, what I'm hearing through movies, through TV? Am I being deceived? You say, well, I'm not being deceived. That's what somebody says who's being deceived. <laughs> Are you sure? Well, how, how would I know? Right here. Put it to this. Put it to the test. Sanctify them through thy truth. I was saying it this morning in Sunday school. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And the world will tell you, what is truth? Pilate said that to Jesus Christ. What is truth? And we say as Christians, this is truth. The word of God. Which deceiveth the whole world. So Satan's main, his main uh, job is to deceive you. And he's pretty stinking good at it. He's deceived me many times, many, many times. Amen. I can say amen with that too. He was cast out. Now let's go on, verse nine, middle of verse 9. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. All right, this goes back to verse 12. So when this war breaks out in heaven, God says, okay, I'm getting prepared, getting ready to bring Jesus Christ back down. Satan's going to fall. I'm going to kick him out. So he kicks Satan out, and he kicks out his angels, and it says there he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So go to verse 12. And we'll, we'll look at verses 10 and 11 in a second, but go to verse 12. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you. 
And it goes on to say, because he has great wrath, he knows he has a short time. He's cast out. He's coming down. You know what's going on here, brothers and sisters? Everything you see going on in the movies, every time you turn on the movies, every time you turn on TV, we have some visitors from outer space coming down. Here comes the Antichrist. Visitors from outer space. You know one of the number one selling movies of all time was a movie called Avatar. You know what Avatar means? Teacher from outer space. It's Avatar. He's a teacher. He's a, he, he brings knowledge to us, and he comes from another place. He's a visitor from outer space. Look at Luke chapter 20. Keep your hand here. We're going to come back here, but look at Luke chapter 21. Jesus Christ talked about this. Jesus Christ warned us about this. Luke chapter 21. Hey, the devil's cast out. He's coming down. The devil's coming. And he's going to come as a visitor from outer space. Now, some people are going to say, he's an alien. He's come from another world. No, and I'm about to talk about that. People have been looking for the Antichrist and looking for the Antichrist and looking for the Antichrist, and he's going to show up, but he's going to show up, and you're going to see him show up as he comes from outer space. Here he comes. The devil's come down. Look at Luke chapter 21, uh, verse 26. Verse, yeah, verse 25. Let's look at verse 25 to get the context, brothers and sisters. Verse 25. Luke chapter 1, verse 25. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars, signs up in heaven, and upon the earth, distress of nations. Let me ask you a question. Is there a distress of nations going on right now? I think so. With perplexity. Is things pretty perplexing right now? Yeah, I'd think so. The sea and the waves roaring. That's earthquakes. That's tsunamis. That's hurricanes. Verse 26. Now here we go. Now look at this. Look at this close. Look at it close. Jesus Christ goes on to say, Men's hearts fell in them. For fear, why? And for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. Coming on the earth. The Bible says at that time that the devil's cast out. He's come down. For the Look at this. Here's the context. Jesus Christ gives the context at the end of verse 26. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then, they, then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Then Jesus Christ will come back. That's his second coming. So what you have going on here is, there's coming a time, according to the, book of, uh, according to the Bible, Thessalonians, that there's going to be a shout, a trumpet, come up hither, and the Christians are going to disappear. The Bible describes it as a moment and twinkling of an eye. A Christian who's alive will be changed in a moment and twinkling of an eye. His body will be changed. If he's out in the grave, his body will be raised. His soul and spirit will be put back into that new glorified body. And then we're going to be carried up to be with Jesus Christ forevermore. That's called the rapture. That's called Jesus Christ calls it like a thief in the night. He's come in and sneak away. And what does a thief do? A thief does. A thief comes in and takes the most precious thing out of a house and steals it away. Jesus Christ says he's going to come be watching because it's going to be like a thief in the night. That's when he comes to take what's the most precious thing in this world. You know what the most precious thing in this world is? You. 
Jesus Christ says it's like a man that finds a pearl of great price. That's the church. The most precious thing to God is me and you. He died for you. He bought you. He's come to get you. And the devil's got us. And we're in this world. And Jesus Christ comes, snatches us. We call it the rapture. It's a catching away. Boom. Here comes the rapture. And all of a sudden, woo, 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 woo. the devil's been cast out. Here come some visitors from outer space. Ship opens up. Here comes the... I'm the Christ. I've come to answer all your problems. Give you all, make, bring peace to the world. You need my knowledge. I'm going to give you all my knowledge. What happened to all these people that disappeared? I took them. They were worthy, and I took them. And if you'll listen to what I have to say, you'll be worthy, and I'll take you to my home planet too. Oh, he's, he's not black. He's not white. He's not oriental. He's not brown. He's not a Jew. He's not a Muslim. He's an alien. He's from another planet. He's none of those things. We can all accept him. Just fall down and worship me. See, I think the Antichrist, when, when the rapture takes place, the Antichrist is not going to have to do a lot of explaining. He's going to do like a lot of uh, publicity. Agents tell a guy to do. When, when something happens, bad publicity happens to a star or to a football player or something, you know what they'll tell them? They'll say, just steer right into it. Don't, don't try to avoid it. Just steer right into it. Acknowledge it. And I think the devil's not going to say, what, what, do you, what people are you talking about disappeared? He's going to say, I took them. You know what people are going to say who don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? They're going to say, this is the Jesus Christ that they've been talking about. This is the Christ. When the Antichrist steps out of that mothership, when that, the, the visitor from outer space steps out of that mothership, he's going to look just like they think Christ should look like. And the Muslims are going to say, that's the Amman, that's who we've been looking for, the Mahdi, that's him right there. And the Buddhists are saying, we've been looking for a Christ, there's our Christ. And the, and the Antichrist is going to say, you've been looking for Jesus Christ, I'm Jesus Christ. I'm all these world religions, y'all been waiting for me. And here I am. Well, I got some bad news for you guys, because I know a lot of y'all believe this, but it's just almost, it's, it's not almost, it is impossible. There's not, plant, there's not life on other planets. I'm going to try to get that nonsense out of your head. And the reason why, listen, I can tell you why I know for a fact there's not life on other planets. Let, let me, listen to me, some of y'all already, I already feel the resistance. What you have going on right now is impossible. Do you understand what's going on right now in this world is impossible? You can't make this come alive. That's scientifically impossible. You can't get something from nothing. Scientifically, that's called impossible. You can wait a million, billion years, and this isn't going to turn into something living. It's an impossibility. It's so much of an impossibility that when they, scientists now, and we got them on video, and I showed the video here at church, Dawkins, when they asked him, he said, well, then where did life come from? You know what his answer was? Some visitors came, and they came to earth, and they seated us here. Basically, he's saying, these aliens came from another planet, and they planted life here. Now, that doesn't answer where life came from way out there, but that's their way of getting rid of the question. Put it way off here. Because it's impossible for life to happen. What you're doing right now is impossible. 
You realize how many beats your hearts took since this church has started, this church service started, and not one of you have thought, oh, I can't get my heart beat. You're not thinking about your heart beating. You're not thinking, thinking about taking a breath. If you take the, and, and I'm telling you, it's mathematically impossible for life, for something, to, if you take, okay, let, I'll give you that one. I'll give you one, okay? <laughs> I'm feeling generous this morning. I'll give you one. Okay, life just, boom, all of a sudden, it was a rock. It's raining, raining, raining for billions of years, and all of a sudden, this little life just appears. Impossible, right? Okay, impossible, but I'll give you one impossibility. You know what? A million more impossibilities need to take place for that life to keep living? Have you thought about that? It's got to keep living. Not only do you have to have something, something come from nothing, you got the million impossibilities of it keeping living. I'll give you that impossibility and the million, and, and then now you not only have the million impossibilities for that life to keep living, I'll have to give you another million to, for it to reproduce. When you go down the evolution rabbit hole, you're just making yourself a fool. What you're doing, when you go down that evolution rabbit hole, people don't like this, but it's the truth, investigate it. When you go down that evolution rabbit hole, you eventually come to a crossroads in your life where you say, okay, I'm either going to have to believe this evolutionary theory or I'm going to have to believe science. Because scientific fact and evolutionary theory, they don't mix. It's a good theory if you're an atheist. But it's not a good scientific theory if you're a scientist. It don't add up. You can't get something from nothing. And the idea that, oh, there's these aliens, and, they're and, we're, and we're seeing UFOs, and we're seeing these lights. Me and my wife, we were looking at that comet the other night. We were looking at the comet, and I seen some stuff in there, and I told my wife, I was looking at the binoculars at some of the stars. I said, I just seen something I've never seen before. Remind me of some of the stuff we've seen out here. And what is that? It's either A, military activity, or B, angelic or demonic activity. It's not aliens from outer space. It's a visitor from outer space. The Bible calls them fallen angels and the devil. Or it could be God's angels moving around. It's a spiritual realm. I studied UFOs for 25 years. That was one of my favorite subjects. And I, 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 I would listen to these atheists and listen to these scientists that hate God. You know what they would say? They'd say, it's impossible for aliens to be from another planet. It's scientifically impossible. So then they'd say, well, what, what are we seeing? Because we're seeing something. They'd say, we're either seeing something from another dimension or we're seeing something from underneath the earth. My Bible says underneath the earth is hell. My Bible says there is another dimension. It's called a spiritual dimension. They're close, but no cigar. Do you understand how this Bible answers all your questions you have about life if you just read it and believe it and stop drinking the Kool-Aid? So the devil's getting the world ready. Here he comes. He's coming down. And when he comes down, he's going to come down as an alien, as a visitor from outer space. And as he comes down, the world's going to be ready to accept him. And always oh, so wonderful. Everything's so great. And then Revelation 13, he gets assassinated. Lord willing, I'll look at that next Sunday. Lord willing, and I hope the Lord comes back and I don't see y'all guys up here. Praise the Lord. Amen. I don't want to be here. I would, lo I would love that. 
Let's turn back to Revelation 12. Let's go back and see what happens here. What, what's the devil doing up in heaven? I, well, man, I, I would love, I would love to have all these plans made out and the Lord just mess them up. Take me on home. Amen. Amen. Hey, everybody I love saved. I mean, I've got some people I know that are not saved, and I pray for them, and I try to witness to them, but everybody that I know personally that I love, that I have, I, they're saved. All my family's saved. All my family. We'll be up there together. And for me personally, I can't wait to say bye-bye. All the protesting, all the screaming, all the hollering, all the nonsense, bye-bye. All the hate, all the pain, all the cancer, all the backaches. All the tears, bye-bye. Streets of gold, love beyond measure. My wife loves reading books about people who have near-death experiences, and she'll tell me the stories out of them, out of them near-death experiences and how people go in there, and the, the light, they can't describe it. They said the beauty, they can't describe it. That's exactly how Paul talked about heaven when he got up there. Paul said, I was up there in the third heaven. He goes, I can't, I can't, I can't describe it. I have not seen, ear have not heard what God has prepared for those that love him. Revelation chapter 12. Now let's go back and let's close out what, what was Satan doing up in heaven. Why was he kicked out? Verse, t verse 10. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. We're going to find out what the devil's doing up there. What, what happened before the devil came down? What happened before the Antichrist showed up? What was he doing? Verse 10, he's cast out. Remember in verse 9, he's cast out, and the angel's with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast out, which accused them before our God day and night. Somebody needs to hear this verse because it seems like I've been, this verse has been coming through on my teaching on Wednesday nights and some of my Sunday school teaching. Guys, verse 10 tells you that the devil right now is accusing you before God. Now we saw that that man-child was at the throne of God, at the right hand of God. What's he doing up there? He's our high priest, the Bible says. He's our high priest. So as the devil's up in heaven and he's accusing God of for, about us, well, I thought Kigan belonged to you. Look what he's doing down there. You know who's at the right hand of God defending me? My Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible says, John told us in 1 John, he says, he's our advocate. That's, that's another way of saying he's our lawyer. So when the devil is a, as that wicked, evil defense attorney trying to throw me in jail, trying to get me into hell, trying to prove that I'm wicked and sorry, no good, Jesus Christ said, I paid for him, he's mine, I'll take care of him. And he has somebody else come up there and accuse Brother Collins, he accuses Brother Ronnie, and he's nonstop, night and day. Right now, going on right now. That's what's going on up in heaven. So, whenever he gets kicked out, Jesus says, all right, now it's time for me to go get my people. There's something going on there when the devil's kicked out, Jesus can bring us in. The riffraff's gone, so let's bring in the good folk. It's just weird. But it all adds up somehow or another. How did they overcome him? Verse 11, and they, those ones that were being accused, overcame him, overcame the devil, how? By the blood of the Lamb. Do you have the blood of Jesus Christ? Is the blood of Jesus Christ covering you in your sins? Hey, guys, once you get under the blood of Jesus Christ, you can't escape. You're under it. You're under it for good. 
And by the word of their testimony, what's the word of my testimony? Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I'm trusting in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's the word of my testimony. I'm trusting in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And they love not their lives unto the death. I don't love this life. I mean, I love living. I love the abundant life the Lord's given me. But my life, this isn't my home. I'm a sojourner. My home's up in heaven. My country's up in heaven. I appreciate being an American citizen. I appreciate the, the American flag. I, tried, I love this country. I, I appreciate, I've had family members. My dad, my uncle served in this country, for this country, in the military. I appreciate it. I appreciate, I appreciate the freedoms they give me to preach the word of God. But it's all by God's grace that I'm allowed to do it. It's not because of man. You see what's happening when man's in control. <laughs> Liberty's gone. Turn to 1 John. Let's close in 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Let's close real quick in 1 John chapter 5. How do I overcome, Brother Keegan? Well, you overcome. According to 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, you'll come by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, and he's going to give us a little bit more. Now, John, 1 John chapter 5, this is the one who's writing the book of Revelation that's given to him by Jesus Christ. And I want to close out here. Very, very important. I want to close out here because there's some important things you need to know about overcoming and something you need to know about eternal life. First, first John, first John chapter 5, verse 4. If you just turn to the left a little bit, you'll find it. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. You know why I overcome the world? Because I'm born of God. I'm a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. What's the victory? Even our faith. Your faith in Jesus Christ gives you the victory, overcomes the devil, overcomes the accuser, overcomes all your sins, overcomes all the hate the world has for you, overcomes all the, the, the destruction that your life deserves in hell. It overcomes everything. Your faith in Jesus Christ is what overcomes. You're an overcomer in Jesus Christ. You're an overcomer in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It will overcome all your sins that you've done. That's your faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 5. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? There it is right there, black and white. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Is Jesus Christ the Son of God? Is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Have you put your faith in that? Keep reading with me. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. He's born of a woman. He's born of the Spirit. He's got flesh and blood in him. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. Verse 7. For there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, that's Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Holy Trinity. One plus one plus one is three. One times one times one is one, three and one, three and one. And these are the three that bear witness in earth, the spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree in one. When that centurion, when Jesus Christ took his last breath and gave up the ghost and said it is finished, that centurion thrust that spear into his side. And the Bible says when that centurion thrust that spear into the side of Jesus Christ, blood and water came out. You know what that says? It says he died. When that Bible's giving you a testimony that, that water was coming out with that blood, that tells you that he's dead. 
It's a dead Savior. He didn't swoon. He didn't pass out. They didn't come and take him away, and he, he got healed up. He died for the world right there. That's a testimony. That's what the Bible's telling you right there. That's the testimony. They agree in one, verse 9. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. I don't care what any man tells you, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. What does he testify? He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. That's your first witness. What's that? That's that Holy Spirit the Lord gives you that has you cry, Abba, Father. It's Romans chapter 8. When you're an adopted Son of God, He gives you the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ comes into the Holy Spirit, starts living in you, and you'll cry, Abba, Father. That's a witness in yourself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar. If you don't believe what God's telling you about Jesus Christ, you're calling God a liar, because that's the only way you're going to get to God is through Jesus Christ. Because he believeth not the record that God had gave of his Son. What's the record God gave? This written word right here. Written record. It's right here. You've had it for 2,000 years about Jesus Christ. That's your written record right there. Verse 11, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. There you go. You got it. You got eternal life. And this life is where? It's in His Son. It's in Jesus Christ. My eternal life is not in Kenyon. My eternal life is not in the good works I do. My eternal life is, did I go to church? Did I read my Bible? Did I feed the poor? Was I a good boy? Was I a bad boy? My eternal life has nothing to do with that nonsense. My eternal life is in Jesus Christ. My righteousness is not in my own righteousness. It's in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He gave me at the cross. When I take Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, what happens is there's, a, there's a, a process called justification where God takes me and says, okay, all that wickedness that's in Keegan, I'm putting that on Jesus at the cross. All that goodness, all that righteousness, all that holiness on Jesus Christ, I'm putting it on Keegan now. I'm righteous in Jesus Christ. Not in Buddha, not in Muhammad, not in the Pope, not in your works, not in Indian Gap Baptist Church, not in the Southern Baptist Convention. It's only in Jesus Christ, which leads to the very next verse, very important verse. Verse 12. He, now notice all these are one-syllable words, very easy to understand. He that hath the Son hath life. You have Jesus Christ, you have life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Do you have him? That's the simplest question I ask all morning. Do you have Jesus Christ? Have you been deceived by the world to where they tell you you don't need Jesus Christ? Maybe the devil's deceived you. Deceived you into believing that you don't need Jesus Christ. That you can find your own way. You can find your way through some other means. You can find, there's many ways to God. Has, has the world deceived you? Has the devil deceived you through the world? God tells you a simple truth. And it's his witness. And it's his record. That he that hath the Son hath life. That's me. I'm going to say that's me. Is that you? Do you have Jesus Christ? Amen. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. It's all about Jesus Christ. See where I'm getting at? I ran into this Jew one time, and I was walking down the road, and I said, man, I want to know so much about the Jewish religion, the Jewish faith, and I heard he was a Messianic Jew, that he was a Jew that took Jesus Christ. And I ran to him, I said, uh, his name is Roy Brazel. I said, Roy, I said, uh, do, do, 
do you know Jesus Christ? Are you a Jew? Do you, do you believe in Jesus Christ? What do you think about Jesus Christ? And that old man turned to me and said, Son, I want to tell you something. It's Jesus Christ and everything else is horse manure. But he didn't say horse He didn't say manure. He updated it for the common English. And I was kind of took back, and then I said, Amen. It is everything else is horse manure. It's Jesus Christ and nothing else. So I want to close by showing you this, verse 13. These things have I written unto you. That's God. The, the, John is writing these, and he's writing them for, your, for, your, uh, for you. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? That ye may know that ye have eternal life. How can you be so confident you're going to heaven? Because I know I have eternal life. God's given me a written record right here. Number one, he's given me this written record that if I put my faith in Jesus Christ, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's it, period. And the second witness that I know I'll have eternal life is in me. I just know that I know. For Keegan Hall shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If the Bible was to put my name right in there instead of for whosoever, if it's put Keegan Hall in there, you know what I would do? I would read that in the Bible and I would say, that must be some other Keegan Hall. Because I'm sorry, no good. There's no way. That's, that must be some other Keegan Hall. Look at that. There's another Keegan Hall out in the world. But that's not what it says. It says whosoever. Black, white, Spanish. I don't care what race, what creed. I don't care what religion you were raised in. If you'll say, you know what? I, I, I'm not trusting in anything else but Jesus Christ. He's the Son of God. He paid for my sins. I put my faith in Jesus Christ. He that hath the Son hath life. So when the devil's coming, you won't see him. Amen. That's what I want. When this devil comes, I won't be here. I'm preaching this for people. Maybe, maybe a year from now, I don't know when the Lord's coming to come back. I hope this week. They can maybe go on the internet. Maybe they can hear this on the radio or whatever, and they'll say, you know what? He said that's exactly what was going to happen. Now next week, Lord willing, I'll show you Revelation 13. I'm going to show you what the devil's about to do to you. And, it, and what's scary about it is, it's all exactly what you're seeing the government do right now to the very day. Something that 20 years ago, preachers would go, oh, <laughs> you, you crazy preachers. You, other preachers would mock us. They would never, this is America, we would never, uh-huh. Uh-huh. A cashless society. Now you go in there like, we don't have coins. What do you mean you don't have coins? We need you to use your debit card. You know where that's going? We, you don't want you using a debit card. That might have germs on it. That might have COVID over it. We need you to put this little chip right there in your right hand. And if you don't have a right hand, we'll let you put it right up here in your forehead. And we'll scan you, and that'll tell us all your information we need to know. And nobody can steal it. It's the best thing going. Have you ever been in Walmart when the computers go down? You can't buy squat. The devil's got it set up for the visitor from outer space. And the, world, and the world's just waiting for him. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for the salvation I have in Jesus Christ, Father. And I can't thank you enough for your words. I can't thank you enough for the love you give me, Lord God, in Jesus Christ, Father. And Lord, I just pray you'd forgive us of our sins, Lord. Forgive us of our iniquities, Lord. Lord, we're not anything special, Lord God. We're not trying to claim that we're holy or anything, Lord. We just are claiming that we're sinners. 
and that you saved us, and we're trying to live a better life for you, and that we do love you, and we do appreciate what you've done for us, Lord. And Father, if there's somebody who needs the sound of my voice that they can't think of a time, they're not sure if they have the Son. Lord, we're going to give this invitation, Father, and we pray at the invitation, Lord, they'd walk down and they'd take Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father. Thank you, Father, for loving us. Thank you for taking care of us. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the Internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3 verse 16. And most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now that's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But Verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it and if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13, he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. 
You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him.